Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Y'all remember that song back in the day by Macy's? Like, welcome. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Dr. Samaria L. Colbert. I am the founder of Kingdom Creative Counseling. That is a mental health agency. It's located in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. I am a licensed therapist. I have 16 plus years of experience. I'm also a published author. I've written close to 60 books. My goal is 100 within the next five to 10 years. Okay. I'll put that in the atmosphere, out in the atmosphere because I, I'm going to do it. You understand? Sometimes you got to just put it out there. This is what going to happen. <laughs> um, and then I'm also an entrepreneur. I've done like podcasts. I have, uh, I do, um, uh, what do you, I do uh, podcasts? I do uh, training courses and all kinds of things. So um, make sure you check that out. And today we're going to talk about uh, a topic. It's just it's a real simple topic, but I can't uh, real deep, but it's called your pain has not been wasted. Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. Rest upon us. Okay. Uh, I thank you. Um, your pain has not been wasted. I came up with this one because I was again in prayer on uh, yesterday. And sometimes I do recommend you uh, praying the spirit. I know some people don't believe uh, in all that, but uh, I love some Jesus and I believe in the word. And so one of the healing aspects of your life will be when you learn to pray in the spirit. Okay. All right. So uh, I was in prayer and sometimes when you pray, you can pray and then you, you, you're you praying in tongues and then uh, the Holy Spirit will interpret some things or, or speak to you or speak through you. And I heard the Lord say in a still small voice, uh, your pain has not been wasted. Your pain has not been wasted. So you can tell by the way I talk that I've gone through some things. I also see people uh, who experience pain and uh, and it's one of my assignments to uh, to help people walk through the healing process. And so, uh, and so I want you to know that your pain has not been wasted. And the reason why this is important is because oftentimes what happens when you go through trials and tests and uh, things, sometimes there can be a, a underlying thought in the back of our minds that says, this was a waste of time, or we feel like, man, I wasted so much time or I have lost time. And I want you to tell you one thing that God is going to do is regardless of where you find yourself, one of the things he'll do is redeem time. Uh, see, time is a concept that exists on earth. It does not exist in heaven. So God is not on our time clock. Uh, God does not do things in our timing. And sometimes you can uh, have been waiting much longer uh, in your own time than, than anticipated because you put God on your time clock and he says, no, I'm God. Uh, but your time has not been wasted. And um, I'm oftentimes, uh, as I said before, God uses the pains and things that we go through in life to prepare us for our next. I said in another teaching, I don't remember which one it was, I was saying how I was praying to God and I was just talking to God. And I said, God, why do I go through that? Why did I go through that? I'm a good Christian. I'm not perfect by any means, but I don't intentionally sin or hurt or, or harm anyone. Why did I go through uh, what I went through? You know, why? And, and the Lord says, because I'm preparing you. And so he said, because the next step that I'm taking you to, you're going to have to have some tough skin. He said, you're going to have to learn how to, uh, how to deal with people who are jealous and envious and still be a Christian and still be mature and still act uh, accordingly. You can't get out of pocket. <laughs> and so pain matures you into that place. And so I'm going to just briefly be with you. I'm in between uh, my, my day here. And so I'm going to give you some points. We're going to hit it. We're going to quit it. But I want to, uh, the, the goal for today is to really to encourage you. And I want everyone to know under the sound of my voice that regardless of the pain that you've experienced, and you may have that moment where you're like, well, Jesus, uh, uh, I just feel like I wasted time. Remember, your pain is never wasted. 
um, uh, your pain is never wasted. And I didn't put, I'm going to give you some scripture, but remember uh, there is a scripture that says, and we know, and we know, so we got to know in our hearts, all things, how many things, some things, things that we anticipate. No, no, no. It says all things, all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So somebody say all things, this is really important. I'm, I'm rambling, but help me uh, Let me just, just, just listen to me for a minute. Um, oftentimes, um, we can have people who have this kind of Santa Claus view of Christianity and of their anointing and of their power. And so, uh, I was, uh, uh, and so, um, this idea that somehow God will allow us to go through painful places can be foreign to certain people. If you are spiritually immature and I, and I don't mean that in a, in a sense of, uh, of, of insulting people, you understand, but, but, uh, being a Christian and loving God and, and does not immune you from life or pain. It just does not. Uh, and sometimes you have to know that in God is still in it. All right. So let's talk about point number one, uh, why uh, our pain is not wasted and how God uses it. One, God uses our pain to position us for purpose. So when you are in, uh, truly uh, in, in doing ministry, and I, and I said in one of my TikToks that uh, being a therapist, working with people who have been abused, molested, uh, pains, divorce, separations, abusive net relationships, psychological warfare, things that I talk about on my YouTube channel and on my podcast and write books about, um, 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 that's my purpose. You understand? And so um, being a therapist does not alleviate you from pain. But what it is, is what, I, what I'm trying to say is that... Um, how can you help people heal if you have never been broken? Let's see, how can you help people overcome if you never needed to overcome? Who, who are we really ministering to then? How can I be an effective therapist? Now, as therapy, there's a protocol. We got to go to school, clinical supervision, all those wonderful things that you have to do when you're in school. But what makes you a good therapist alone, okay? Hopefully, you, if you wish, listen to this via my podcast, what makes you a good therapist alone is not your ability to get a 4.0 GPA. As a matter of fact, they don't even, they don't really, like if, if you got somebody graduate, I'm not telling you don't do your best, but if you go to school, right? And someone graduated with 3.5 and you graduated 4.0, they're not going to look at that to determine what you want to select for the position. I know that's, you know, I'm not telling you don't do bad in school. I'm telling you do, do your best, <laughs> but your, your GPA does not qualify you more than the person has 3.5, believe it or not. What's going to qualify you is your experience. So going to school and getting degrees is wonderful, but it does not qualify you necessarily to be the anointed. There's not a, a lot of educated, unanointed people. You can be intellectual and not anointed. You can hoop and holler and squall and hold your ear and not be anointed. You can be the best orator and not be anointed. You can sing to the high heavens. A lot of people out here can sing to the high heaven and there is no anointing. But pain now, listen to this, positions you because it is how the anointing is birthed out of you. Pain also prepares you. Pain prepares you. I told you the story what God told me about God, but pain prepares you for your next. See, on this side, uh, maybe you're like, well, you had to learn how to deal with certain personality types. You had to learn how to be a Christian. You had to learn how to shut your mouth. Anybody learn that lesson? And I, I, I've always been a quiet person, but you know, sometimes people try you and you like, first, uh, you want to explain yourself. Pain teaches you to listen to the voice of God and hear God say Samaria or John Doe or Timmy or Tom or whomever or Keisha or, uh, or, or whomever, Sarah, whomever you listen to. I hear what you say, but shut up, shut up. 
I, I got this. You got to learn when to speak. Learn when to be still. Pain also humbles you. I'm going to give you scripture context for this. I'm just telling you my points first, okay? Pain humbles you. And I don't care how much of an accomplished person you are, you will have seasons in your life, even if nothing happens, the God said, okay, you're going to go through a season of pain because I got to humble you. Look at Job. God, there's nothing, no indication. I've heard people say, well, Job was really fearful. and there's, The Bible does not tell us why Job went through the Job season that he went to. As a matter of fact, God said only righteous things about Job or good, good things about Job. And then he told Satan, have you considered Job? Now, I know we don't agree with God uh, uh, concerning this, but, uh, but, but, you know, so anyway, the point is pain, we, ha- we without you even trying or, or wanting or praying, because, you know, we'll shout over uh, God getting ready to bless us. Hallelujah. And, you know, you go to church like, wow, we, you know, we shout God getting ready. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> But let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, and nobody shouting over a message called, you know, your next season in life. And matter of fact, who, I mean, by a show of hands, you know, I know virtual hands. How many have ever heard a message called your next season gonna humble you? And it's gonna break you down to your core, but you're gonna come out as pure gold. Like nobody is going into the prophetic line for that word, not near a soul. Okay, okay. None of us are. So all, we all want that word, you know, like I said, God, get ready. This is your season is up and your pain is up. We, you, know. you know, one time, this is about 20 years ago, God spoke to me. He said, you're going to go through a season of disappointment. And I tell him, rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm going through a season where my season of disappointment is over. And I'm, well, let me tell you, the, word, the first word was the word <laughs> that was from God. Let me tell you something else. I'm going kind of quick because I got, I got to move on. Um, many years ago, I was many years ago, gosh, 20 years ago, I'm telling you how old I am. I was probably, uh, uh in, and obviously in college and, um, I, I was, went on a college trip, true story y'all. And so uh, college, I sing the college, uh, gospel choir. Okay. And they had this guest speaker there and she was, oh, she was anointed. And so at the end of her speaking, you know, how prophetic people do that. I got to lay hands and prophesy over everybody, you know? And so we in the room and we holding hands and she's getting ready to prophesy, you know? And she's going to one person and she's saying, you know, you're going to the nations. I mean, I'm hearing that because they all next to me. I'm going to the nations and, you know, one other person, God, give bless you, this and that. Another person, you're going to be the great evangelist. And, you know, I'm ready, you know, because, you know, I'm, I've am i been super saved all my life. So I was super duper saved, you know, even more. I was like a little bit more, you know, when I was, when I was young, believe it or not, I was, I was more, you know, serious, serious, you know. I came up out the church where, you know, you was going to hell for everything. So when I came to college, honey. I was serious. <laughs> I did not go off. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm rambling. But so the next person she gets to the next person. Oh my, you just and she's going and people crying. Oh you and and I'm I'm ready now. She come to me. Listen, sister, I'm ready because I'm super safe. Now nobody's other folks. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't here to judge. I'm telling you, she come to me. I know she's gonna give me a word, honey, because she come to me. You understand? I'm super duper safe. And so, and so you know how that's gonna go. So I'm ready for my word now. Hmm. I'm ready for my word. She looked at me and she said, you're going to go through your season of being alone. And she says, you want to get to a place in your life where it feels like God is your only friend. And that's it. And she walked walked off. Now at this time, you know, if you listen to my, my, my uh, videos on um, how I was discovered my, my calling, God began to speak to me when I was in college and I was 17, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, you know, I, I was like, well, uh, say say what now? Where where's the rest of it? And that's it. Walked off. Not nothing about 
And I kept thinking, I wonder what in the world. But out of all the prophetic words, because I've gotten prophetic words, I'm come don't, you know, I I'm, I got to this place. So I'm not saying you're not supposed to despise prophetic. I'm just saying, you know, just, uh, you know, everybody ain't prophesying out of the hand of God. They're really not. But that was one one uh, prophetic word that, that was rang true. And it wasn't your season of isolation. It's not necessarily because God is trying to, because you're being antisocial or God is trying to do something from you. There's some people that the call of God on your life, it requires you to hear him clearly. And that will be a season. Remember, it's a temporary season, not a permanent season, okay? God is going to connect you with people. And this is his, his willful relationship. But I say all that to say, uh, I went through those painful seasons, right? And because God was preparing me for something. And you cannot, uh, you cannot get, you cannot get your, your, who you are and your confidence and, 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 and your altruism and, 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 and your, you can't, uh, you can't allow who you are to be dependent upon what someone else says or doesn't say about you. You know, um, I, I, many, many years later, I was in my, uh, my apartment. This is um, when I was staying in an apartment. Um, I heard the Lord uh, say to me, he said, sometimes Samaria, people get a superficial sense of confidence based upon what they can accomplish. They, they think if I've accomplished this or I can get next to this person, you understand? Then that makes me somebody. That's why you have people who are pretenders. There's our people who are, who are clout chasers. They think if I can just get next to who's who, if I can connect with this person, I can take a selfie with this person. I can say, I know this person. Then I can be put on my own, I can put on this platform or that platform. And, and, and it's all for show. It's all for show. Because they get a sense of confidence from what they can accomplish, not who they are in God. But see, when you are, when you know who you are and you're rooted and grounded in God, you don't get, you know, that, you know, if you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't, but God still loves me. So, so pain humbles you. Pain also redirects you. I told y'all many, uh, uh, about a couple of years ago, I said, God, what in the world? He says, Samaria, I know how to orchestrate circumstances so people fall in not line with my will. I'm going to say that again. I know how. God knows how to orchestrate circumstances so that people fall in line with his will. How many of us will be loyal to things that are not of God? We will be in situations that are not of God. We will be in places and spaces opposite of what God told us to do because we wanted our own will. But God knows how to orchestrate your pain and you can get to the person, you like, listen, listen, God, you know, you ain't got to, you ain't got to tell me no more. God chastens who he loves. Chastens means to discipline. It means to orchestrate. So he knows how to orchestrate circles. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? The pain that you are experiencing was God redirecting you and putting your motives back into position. See, I understand that's 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 not good thinking. That's not that's not palatable to a lot of people. But you understand, God is not Santa Claus. You don't get it how you want it. It's not Burger King. You can't get it your way. You can't use the grace of God as your meal ticket to step outside of his will. You understand? And so sometimes God will orchestrate, listen to our pain so that we can fall in line and you never do that again. So you cannot have, listen to me, authority over a demon that you are in covenant with. You can't have authority or spiritual authority or operate in spiritual warfare over the demonic that you are in covenant with. 
So God knows how to orchestrate circumstances so people fall in line with his will. Pain reveals you, believe it or not. You don't know how strong you are until you've experienced pain. You don't know what's in you, good or bad. Sometimes, how many of you like me? I didn't know I was that strong. How many say that I didn't know I could endure that? I didn't know that I could act. Uh, and, 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 and it's like, you know, you had that Esther moment where you were like, listen, I'm going to go into the king. And if I die, I'm going to die, but I'm going to go forward. You ever had that moment like, listen, this is painful right now, but I've come too far by faith with the vocals and I've, I've put my time in. I can't go backwards. I can only move forward. I put my time in and I am not going backwards. I don't know what tomorrow's going to be. I may be shaking in my boots, but I am moving forward. Pain reveals you to you. Pain also reveals who is, who is for you versus who is pretending. Pain, because, you know, when you're on top of the world, everybody is your friend. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody. Everybody is loving on you. You understand? You got fakes, phonies, and frenemies. I said fakes. I said phonies and frenemies. You got those people. But when you're going through a tough season, it reveals who's who. It's not for us to be in bitterness and resentment. I don't understand. I have clients. I don't understand. When I when I had it, I gave it. And then when I, they don't have, and now I don't. I want my dollar. Then they got amnesia. No pain reveals the people that are really for you. And sometimes you can't take people in your next. There's some people that are not supposed to be in your next. Watch this. Pain teaches you. Pain prepares you for spiritual warfare. It prepares you to fight the good fight of faith. Pain develops you. There's some levels of maturity that you will never walk into unless you experience pain. Now, I'm going to give you scripture to back up everything I say now. Because, you know, some people are like, no, it's not there. You you have a sin conscience. You know how they do. They don't want to hear nothing. Do they pleasing to your ears? That's what the Bible says, itching ears. They'll leave sound doctrine. Because they got itching ears and they'll find people to tell them what they want to hear. But the truth sometimes is the truth, whether you like it or not. Sometimes the truth just hurts, but it's still the truth. Uh, pain anoints you. If you look at how the olive is, how, how olive oil is made, it keeps being crushed and crushed and crushed and crushed. There's a process involved that creates the anointing. Sometimes your process is your crushing. Pain also grows you it grows you remember trouble don't last always but pain is something that we all have to experience the wonderful thing is is that when you are in christ when you are in christ that pain is not for nothing it's not wasted it's not wasted people gonna look at you and say man the power of god operates what happened to them it was pain pain happened but joy came power came authority came uh, a new anointing came. All that came uh, uh, after the pain. Okay. So let's give you some scripture context because I know the folk are going to be like, wait a minute now. This woman is tripping. <laughs> some, some people are. Because I literally heard uh, someone say that many years ago. And, and, and the woman was saying, well, you know, uh, I, I don't believe that uh, 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 in order for me to be anointed, all these things, that's, that's a, that's a religious spirit. And I said, well, I, you know, I don't, I didn't know that. I knew that was wrong. Then I was like, well, oh, my goodness, this woman of God must not read a word here. Cause I don't, you know, you got to read your word here. I know it's tough. I know it's tight, but it's right. You understand? All right. So James uh, chapter one, stop it. 
what what y'all want okay stop it now all right so <laughs> james uh uh chapter one we're going to go to the two the uh, second verse this is new king james version uh two and four it says my brother counted all joy when you fall into various trials watch this i'm telling you what i know watch this i'm going to post the um the scriptures below so that you guys can look it up on your own time remember meditating on scripture is going to be also key to your healing but verse number three says knowing this that the testing what's it was, it, was it, the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have it have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing so my pain is the testing of my faith that's going to produce i did a message i taught a message uh, at a conference a few years ago and i said my pain my pain is birthed in my promise uh, uh there's some things you'll never be birthed into uh if you don't experience pain uh, first Peter six, uh, first Peter chapter one, excuse me, six through seven. Now I'm going to switch versions. I'm going to teach this from the new living translation and it reads. So truly, uh, so be truly glad. Watch this. There is a wonderful joy ahead of you, even though you may endure many trials. So even though uh, I've experienced what a trials, painful situations, there's joy still ahead of me. Watch this. These trials so that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold although your faith is more far precious than mere gold so when your faith remains strong through trials your it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day jesus christ is revealed to the whole world remember remember keyword here your faith must remain strong and it is tested as gold is tested. Now, I used to work in a uh, jewelry shop many years ago, and I learned a little something about how gold is purified. Gold is purified. It's put into a fiery furnace. The impurities come to the top. The maker takes the impurities off and puts it back into the uh, back into the uh, fire and just, just repeatedly over and over again until the, the maker or the creator gets the gold to the consistency that he or she wants it. And so sometimes we put in a fire furnace, so bring up our impurities, wipe it off, and we go back and we do this process over and over again, and it's okay. First uh, Peter uh, chapter four, we're gonna go start at the 12th verse. We're gonna go back to the New King James Version. So the last version that I read was New Living Translation. We're gonna go back to the New King James Version, okay? Uh, that's First Peter chapter four. We're gonna go 12, and we'll start at the 12th verse, and I'm gonna keep going down, okay? And in the title, it says, in my word, it says, suffering for God's glory. It says, beloved, do not think it strange according to the fiery trial, which is to try you as though something strange is happening to you. And don't we all think that we go through pain? What is, this is a strange thing. But the Bible says, First Peter said, this, don't, this, this, don't think it's strange because it's not. This is, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. For when his glory is revealed, you may be glad and exceeding joy. So watch this. There's suffering, there's pain, then reveals the glory in you. And it produces gladness and exceeding joy. Verse 14, for if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Approach means insulted, put down, uh, 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 betrayed, painful thing. Blessed are you, the, the word says, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you on their part. He is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. 
Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or as a busybody in other people's matters. That means uh, you you suffering because you in other people's business. That's what that means, okay? All right, verse 16. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him, him glory, let him glory God in this matter. Let him glorify God in this matter. I'm experiencing pain and I'm suffering. I don't have to be ashamed. But, but, but I got to glorify God. Why? For this time has come, this time has come for judgment to the begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end of those who do not obey the gospel be? Now on verse 18, if the righteous are scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? Verse 19, let those who suffer according to the will of God, commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator i'm committed but i'm not committed because life goes my way and i don't experience pain and because there are people who don't they just don't read their bible and i think when i get a christian all oh, my pain is alleviated and all oh, this is gonna be wonderful and i'm just gonna walk on glory clouds all day thank you jesus no no, no. you're gonna experience pain whether you in god or not but there is glory after this ha you remember that song there was yeah anyway you got y'all got what i'm saying you got what I'm saying? Okay. All right. We will keep it moving. A few more scriptures, then we're going to hit it. We're going to be done for today. All right. Uh, we're going to go back to the New King James Version, 1 Peter 5 and 5. And it reads, likewise, you younger submit to your elders. Yes, all uh, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Okay. Uh, now, let me tell you why this, why this is important. Submission is important. Sometimes pain teaches you to submit to people and God, the people that have uh, a governing authority and leadership over you, right? But listen, this is a godly principle. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And remember, I said pain humbles you. But remember, uh, when you're humble, you're then promoted or elevated to positions of authority within Christ. You are not, you are, you don't qualify to lead anybody if you cannot be led. And if you're not, if you don't go through a time of, of being humbled, Okay, because then that that makes you if, if people can't be humbled and things like that, it makes them very prideful. You cannot lead people in pride and selfish ambition. You just can't. All right. So God has to use that pain to humble us, to grow us. All right. We got a few more here. We're almost done. I'm giving my scriptural context for everything I said. All right. And again, look this up on your own time. Now we're going to go back to the New Living Translation. I, you know, my favorite scriptures, y'all, for those who don't know, are the KJV and the New Living Translation, okay? And uh, I like to look up different scriptures from different translations. Um, and so that's why I'm uh, interchange, all right? Now, this one talks about uh, what it means to be a true minister of Christ. Now, everybody that got that certificate is not anointed, okay? They're just not. The anointing is what makes the difference. The power of God. You can have two people have the same message. One, the power of God hits, and it's amazing. Another person, you hooped and howled, and it meant absolutely nothing. Because the anointing makes a difference. But listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we'll start the fourth verse. This is the New Living Translation, okay? And it's describing the mark of a true minister. Are y'all ready? This is, this is a tough one now. It's a tough one, but it's a good one. Uh, verse 4, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. How do we do that? We patiently endure troubles and hardship and calamities of every kind. So the mark of a true minister is not your certificate, not your degrees. I know y'all know I got a couple degrees. Uh, it's not that's not a mark of a true minister. It's when we endure troubles, hardships, and calamities of every kind. Now that ain't gonna make you shout, but it's still good to my soul. 
Watch this verse file. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked in exhaustion, endured sleeplessness nights, and gone without food. Verse six. Ain't that something? Uh, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us and our severe and our sincere love. You know, the mark of a true Christian or true minister is their love walk, their patience, their kindness. So if you got somebody patient, kind, or loving, you know, we have to reevaluate, you know, you, you know, just be a fruit inspector. Okay. We're not judging, just be a fruit inspector. Verse seven, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. I preach the truth. God's power is working in us or through us. Through us, We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for the attack and the left hand for the defense. That'll make you shout. The truth of righteousness. Verse eight, we serve God, whether people honor us or despise us. So you are serving God and you're not serving God for pretense. You're not serving God to get a clap on the back or, or, or accolades or a clout chaser. You serve God whether you are honored or not, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, and but we are honest, but they call us an imposter. Come on, y'all. We are honest, but they call us an imposter. So even though I'm honest, they still call me an imposter, regardless of what my motives. Because to the pure in heart, all things are pure. That means you have the purest of intention, but there's some things, no matter, no matter what you do, no matter how you say it, no matter what you do, no matter how sincere of, of, of a person you are, they're going to claim, why well, they're going to claim that you are an imposter and a faker, but you got to move forward anyway. We are ignored, verse nine, even though we are well known, we live close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Ten our heart aches, but we also have joy. Hmm. We are poor, but we are rich. We are spiritually rich to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. So that's not telling you to be poor and throw you, you know, you, 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 you know. It's not saying that. Don't take it to the extreme. It's just saying, regardless of the pain and the things we have to endure, we are still consistent. Our motives are pure, and we still have everything, even regardless of what it looks like. Mm. Woo, that's good to my soul. All right, now last couple, and then we're done. Like I said, I'm going to post the links below. I promise you, if you're in painful situations, a painful thing, just look up these scriptures, take notes, just really just deep seat, let this seat deep in your heart and, 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 and look up your definitions and do all those things, do a word search and allow God to get into your soul to encourage your heart, right? Romans chapter five, this is again, going back to the new King James version. Uh, I've started the third verse. Um, I want to, this is what you know, I got a lot of favorite scriptures. So if I say this, uh, repeatedly, I, you know, it's my favorite scripture. This is one of my favorite scriptures, okay? And that deep favorite scripture is one of my favorite scriptures. And it reads, are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? You ready, ready? Okay, we ready. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Watch this. What do we do in tribulations? Glory. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and, appearance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. Holy Spirit helps us in even our trials to be hopeful. All right. So that was the New King James Version. We're going to go back to the New Living Translation. We're going to go intertwine. All right. Romans chapter eight. We're going to start at the first 31st verse. Then we're almost done, y'all. And the, the obvious the title is now, what can separate us from the love of God? And it reads this. But what shall we say unto these wonderful things as these? If God is for us, 
who can be against us? 32, since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he give us, us everything? So Jesus had to endure pain. So if Jesus had to endure pain, what makes us think we don't have to? Who dare accuse us whom God has chosen? No one. So when God, some people bring accusations against you, but God has chosen, chosen you, there ain't nothing they can do about it. Check out that teaching I did on the smear campaign. Okay. I'm going to skip all around for the sake of time. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean we no longer have love if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hunger or are destitute or danger or threatened with death? He's asking a question, a question. Because we experience these things, does that mean God doesn't love us? Because we all ask that. God, why am I going through this? But you love, I thought you loved me. Why am I going through this? It don't mean God don't love you because you go through trials, right? Uh, watch this. I'm going to skip around verse 37. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither fears for today or worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that was revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are loved by God. Don't let pain and betrayal and hatred and accusers and people motivated by that smear pain campaign that I talked about. Don't let a demonic agenda cause you to question whether or not God loves you. Be certain of this. God loves you. He loves you when you're on the mountaintop. He loves you when you're on the valley low. He loves you when everybody sees you. He loves you when you're hidden. God loves you. And lastly, I said something uh, that's really important. I'm going to quantify this. Oftentimes I said, God has to prepare us and he uses the passageway of pain that prepares us for his purpose. So Mary, I don't agree with that. I don't understand. Well, I understand that you don't agree, but here's the scripture to back it up. Here is the scripture to back up what I'm saying. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse nine, new King James version. Paul said this apostle Paul, for a great and effective door has been opened to me and there are many adversaries. See, God is not going to, God cannot allow you doors to be open to you if he doesn't prepare you. And oftentimes he has to prepare your gift, your talent and your ability, but he has to prepare you to deal with adversaries, enemies, people who are against God, people who are coming against the gospel, people who are coming against you because they're coming against the God in you. People are assassins to the, to the mission of Christ. You still have to handle yourself correctly. And so like Paul, uh, he great, a great door. It could mean a big door. It means a, a an effective door, uh, a, a door of success. See, we think success walk through that door. We want, we want the enemy to fall asleep while we do what God has called us to do, but with open doors comes adversaries. And could it be, could it be, could it be the pain that you've experienced on this side is preparing you for your next, but with, with that, you're still going to be successful. But God, see, God wants us to be successful. He just don't want us to, to just 
He wants us to be successful and he has to prepare us to deal with the type of adversary that we will see on the other side. Pain is only preparing you. And remember, trouble does not last always. God bless you. I'm Dr. Samaria M. Cole. Make sure you download a copy of that ebook, The Accuser. Uh, look up the other uh, YouTube um, um, things I've done. Like I said, I, I love doing the smear campaign. Uh, someone just left me another comment about the, the when I did a monitoring spirits. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I'm going to keep going and flowing and, and, and going. The next one, uh, I'm not sure what the next one will be. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do another teaching called How to Judge Prophecy. Um, I'm going to do that one, but I don't know if that's going to be next or not. So just stay tuned. Make sure you hit that notification bell and we're going to talk. It's going to keep going and going and going and going and going. God bless you. We'll be back in the day, another time, another banger. Bye.